today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. For one to produce good, they must abide in Christ. And then we're told that in John 15. Then when we abide in Christ, Christ then will produce the good through you. And that good is of God. That's pretty awesome. So is Jesus doing good through you? Is he living in you? I hope so. Is your life bearing the fruits of Christ through his Holy Spirit? Is he living in and acting through you? As Pastor Eric reminds us in today's message, Jesus alone is good. The only way for us to be good is when we accept his gift of redemption and are clothed in his righteousness. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message, He Is or He's Not. All scripture, including this passage in John chapter 5, this was inspired by God. So if you disagree with Jesus, you disagree with God. God the Father is declaring to you that Jesus is his son and that he is God and he is telling you to honor him. This is the coming, this is coming from the same God who said this, you guys. The shift of authority is coming from the same mouthpiece who said this in Exodus. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you see the power in this? Do you see that Jesus and God are one? That God is giving Jesus that authority and he is recognizing it and he says, yes, bless my son, honor him. Honor means worship. Honor means to be glory to Jesus. If Jesus was not of God and God, then this whole thing is a waste of time because it would go against God's word. So Jesus follows up in our text with life in verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. He who hears my words, the words saying that I am of my father and I do my father's work. Remember who he's talking to, the Jewish leaders, those who had the influence within the community. Reaching out to them, saying, man, if you just hear my word and believe, you will have everlasting lives and you will not come into judgment. But you will come into life. And I believe Jesus is saying the same message to you this morning. Father God has given me all authority. I am the judge. And if you hear and believe my words, you will have everlasting life. It's God's cry to you. Jesus gives you the key to escape judgment. Did you guys catch that? You can pass from judgment. You can, you can be absent from the judgment by believing in Jesus' words. And hearing them. Jesus says to the Jews, the time is here when the dead will rise and have life. Again, this is possible because God is giving Jesus the authority to give life. I mean, if you look at the world today, there is many walking dead out there. I know that there's shows on TV, right? The walking dead and all that stuff. And it's, and it's, it's whatever. That's, it's entertainment. But the reality is, is that 
those who don't have Jesus Christ are walking dead. They're walking around, living this life without hope. And someday every man will bow, every man will kneel and confess that Jesus is Lord. But Jesus is saying, you don't have to go through the judgment. You can go from death. You can go from the walking dead to the walking living through me. Praise God for that. Then we see an interesting statement in verse 28. Jesus saying, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come forth, those who have done good to resurrection of life, and to those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. To me, that really stood out to me, and it was really like, wow. Because Jesus is saying this, or is he saying this? He who hears my voice and who has done good will receive resurrected life. But those who have done evil will receive condemnation. So is Jesus saying to you and to me that doing good will get you eternal life? Well, the words have done mean actually to produce. He who hears my voice, in a sense, has produced good and will have life. And so the Bible tells us this, you guys. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together been corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. So to know that if you do good to get into heaven, it's not really what Jesus is saying here. Because none of us have done good. And if you think that you have done good, your definition of good might be different from my definition from good. So who is right? But what Jesus is saying here is those who who have done good, who have produced, in a sense, good, will have eternal life. Well, how can you produce good? Well, only if you have something good in you, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who can produce good because he is good, right? No one is good except for the Father. And we now have learned that Jesus and the Father are one. Therefore, the good in you is produced by Christ Jesus, God. So those who produce good comes from Jesus. Now, for one to produce good, they must abide in Christ. And then we're told that in John 15. Then when we abide in Christ, Christ then will produce the good through you. And that good is of God. That's pretty awesome. So is Jesus doing good through you? Is he living in you? I hope so. And the bone-chilling statement comes to me in verse 29 at the end of it by saying, those who do evil will be resurrected to condemnation, meaning that they will be resurrected to condemnation. Jesus is just laying it out. This is, this is really deep, you guys. To, have, to do good through Christ, have life. To do evil is to have condemnation. The overall application in this, you guys, is that Jesus has declared that he has been given all authority by God. And that God gives life and Jesus gives life. And God has given Jesus authority for all judgment. But Jesus does nothing on his his own, but he does as the Father does. The will of the Father. 
And through it all, Jesus gives us the solution to escape this judgment so that we don't have to face condemnation, that we can have life, that we can produce good because he wants to have a personal relationship with you and enter in you and to produce these good things, these good works. It's the works that God has prepared before time for you to walk through. And so through it all, you can believe Jesus or not believe in Jesus. He is or he's not. He is or he's not. And to me, as a believer in Christ, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is God. And maybe you believe that as well. But it's hard sometimes to really truly understand that God has given him all authority. And there's many things in your life, even if it comes out of sin, if it's not sin, if it's dealing with just your trust in God in general, to knowing that Jesus is God. And I think so many times that I can take it for granted and say, yes, Jesus, you're my Savior, but I forget the power that he is God. And that I need to trust in him and that he is who he says he is. But if I have a hard time trusting in all the other areas of my life, I'm good with him taking my sins away. I don't know about you guys. I'm good with that. That's easy. Why is that easy? I don't know. Maybe because we've been taught it since we were little. But it's the actual day-to-day surrendering to Jesus' authority. Surrendering that he is God. That's where it becomes difficult. Because your flesh just wants to take over. Your flesh wants to rule. But Jesus Christ is saying, I have been given authority from God. I have all authority been given to me. And to me, it is a statement of, do you trust me? Do you believe me that I am God? Do you believe that all authority has been given to me? I'll be honest, you know, yeah, I do believe that. But there's times where I struggle with it. I struggle. It's like I need more proof. Well, that's exactly what Jesus <laughs> then went into in verse 31 through 47. He gives witnesses of saying that what he just has proclaimed, that he is God, that he does nothing outside of his own will, but he wants to do the will of the Father, and that is continuing to just to, to do the works of God. He then brings forth witnesses. And if you imagine in a courtroom setting, you have witnesses to, to back up your case. And so Jesus, he doesn't have to do this, but he did it anyways. Because if we struggle with it, how much more were these guys struggling with it that he was talking to? So he says in verse 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his life. But I have greater witnesses than John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me, and you have neither heard his voice at any time nor have seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent he, him you do not believe. 
You search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If anyone comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe in my words? Guys, I truly see a Savior. I see Jesus who is crying out to these people, giving him the witnesses, starting with the witness of John the Baptist, saying that you were good with his light for a while because John's ministry was what say what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And many multitudes of people, including the Jews themselves, going out to him and being baptized, getting prepared for God. They were good with that. But yet, that wasn't enough for them to believe in Jesus when he's standing in front of them. Testimony 2 Number of uh, chapter, uh, verse 36, the, the court in a sense would call what? Jesus' works to the stand. He's saying, my works should testify of who I am from and who I am. I mean, you guys remember Jesus churned water into wine. Not only did he do that, that's just so minor, but yet powerful. But God, Jesus, just healed a man who was lame for 38 years. He says, my works should testify that I am from the Father. But they didn't believe. They were angry. They wanted to kill him. They didn't see it. Their eyes were blinded. So then Jesus then calls the testimony of his Father, saying, you know what? My Father testifies of me. Jesus reminds them, saying to the Jews, you do not hear him, nor have you seen him. I know you, he says, and you do not have the word in your heart. You don't have his words in your heart. Thinking these guys are scholars in the word, in the Old Testament, they knew the law frontwards and backwards. And here, to hear the words, the word of God is not in you. Why? Well, Jesus knew it because they didn't receive him. Jesus tells the Jews to search the scriptures that they would have eternal life. He points out that they do not have the Father's words abiding in them. That is a major statement by our Lord and Savior to those who look on the outside to have the word, but in deep in their heart they did not because they did not receive Christ. Jesus continues the point saying, If you would have just had the word, you would have received me. John 3.16, right? I mean, he tells Nicodemus, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. 
If the Jews truly had the love of God in them, if you truly have the love of God in you, you have received Jesus as Lord. Finally, Jesus says, I don't accuse you, though. I'm not accusing you to the Father. There's one who accuses you, Moses. And Moses brought forth the law, you guys, the law that was given by God. Moses is the one who accuses you. And in a sense, if you were playing cards, right, and and if you were playing a game of poker, right, and you were going to win that, Jesus, in a sense, dropped out that final ace card. Okay, you've got John the Baptist, you've got my works, you've got the Father, and now, oh, here's Moses. Moses, this is the guy who, this is who we hang on the law. He set the law for us. We hold Moses. We exalt Moses. And Jesus says, you know what? If you listen to Moses, you would know that I'm speaking the truth to you. If you believe Moses, you would believe me. Thinking that, that one would probably cut to the heart, don't you think? I mean, these guys held him in such high standards. But they didn't hear Moses' words. Moses said this, you guys, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Not only did Moses say that in Deuteronomy 18, but then God had Moses do this in Numbers 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a brown serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, he, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Here's the pole. Here's a serpent on the pole. He who looks to the pole is what? Healed. Has life. Those who didn't look died. What is that portraying? What did Christ do on the cross? He was lifted up on the cross. And he who looks to the cross is what? Saved. He is healed. He has life. But he who does not look to the cross and to Jesus Christ will perish. Again, God's heart is trying to reach these people so that they see, so they do not face the judgment. The love of God is just pouring out because he doesn't want any to perish. I mean, check out what in the book of Psalm 40, verse 7. Then I said, behold, come, and in the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Jesus is all over what Moses taught. He is all over the Old Testament. He's even in what the prophets taught. Christ is everywhere within God's word. And so Luke said this about Jesus. At the beginning, at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Christ Jesus was trying to reveal, but he doesn't make them see. He is presenting it, but they had a choice to see it or not to see it. And so this morning, you're the jury. The case has been presented. The gospel, according to John, has declared that Jesus is God and that he is the Savior of the world. He who believes in him and his words will be saved. 
is Jesus God. Do you really believe that? The evidence has been put forth for us this morning. And if you do believe that Jesus is God, then this message should be an encouragement to you. Because again, whatever you're going through, remember that you have life. Remember that Jesus has been given all authority from the Father, and he has given it unto you. You can do all things through Christ Jesus, for nothing is impossible with him. It is all God. It is God who is doing this thing, and this should just light you up because to me, to hold on to Christ being God is should be powerful. It should just just change your life radically and that you should not have a care in the world because you know that Christ has you in his hands and that he has promised you life. And that life doesn't have to start when you die. The life starts when you surrender to him. That's what I think we're we're waiting for. We're waiting for life to start when we die. Start living today in Christ. If you don't believe and you want to believe, today's the day to do that. So to say, I believe. If that's you, we would love to pray with you. But more or less, God would want to pray with you. Just saying, I believe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step of faith and I know that I don't know all things and I know that my life is gonna continue to have challenges in it. But I truly believe, Jesus, that you are God. And I truly believe when you say that you will give me life. Life means peace, freedom, joy, happiness. It's, yes, the forgiveness of sins is gone, but life means that you are a new person. You're reborn. New things can happen. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. I praise God for that. And to those who don't believe that Jesus is God, fine, keep coming. (laughs) Keep listening to his word. There's a reason why you're here this morning. I truly believe it. Yes, this was a hard passage. It's a deep passage, but it's also very clear, an easy passage saying, you know what? Jesus has declared, I am God. He has given me the authority. Believe just just, I'm asking you to believe. I'm not asking you to do anything else, but I'm asking you to have faith that I am God. Read on your own. Seek the Lord and understand that God loves you. And I love you. Even if you don't believe this morning, I love you. That's okay. It's okay because God has given you that freedom and that choice. Do I want you to accept and believe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, very much. But I can't make you just as God can't make you. He could, but he doesn't. Because he loves you so much. He wants you to choose him. Jesus has come to give everyone life. Everyone. Because the Bible says this as we close with this. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. 
God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.